Wilson Dolly. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 282. Jason Lingren is with me and John J. Singleton. Um, there's a crossover here to Alphonse Fagiolo. We'll probably broach that as we get in. Before we get in, I'll just say in the past kind of six months, we've had a terrible lag problem. Whenever we have to record someone from a cell phone between the lag on my network and the cell phone and that whole thing, it's been creating problems. Uh, my network should be updated as of tomorrow. Uh, today is the 18th. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. And good morning. So I'm not a real fan of tech, and I can't tell you how difficult it is to upgrade a local network these days without getting panoramic cook-your-noggin Wi-Fi everywhere. Um, you got to <laughs> work at it these days. <laughs> that is very true. It's almost impossible, but luckily I know some people, so I've, I've been able to hardwire everything. But do we have anything else, or should we just jump in? Let's do it. Mr. John J. Singleton, welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. Thank you so much. So, I mean, maybe we should just get it out of the way up front. I think we were referred to you, and maybe Jason knows. I think Alphonse referred us to you. Right. That's correct. Okay. So there's the crossover. We don't want to use too many vowels here, folks. Anyhow, Jason, you've got the list. You want to jump us in? All right. Well, we're going to talk about the business thing first. So uh, go ahead and start us there. Which part of this do you want to target first, John J.? Okay, so we're talking about the mask wearing mental illness, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. And private businesses seem to be the focal point now because it's pretty easy to attack the governor, sue him, and win because all these executive orders are not binding on people. And some people know that, and some people are willing to uh, bring it to court and win. And so that happens. And I think the people behind this figured that was going to happen anyways, and they were going to push this culture, this new cult culture onto the private companies and have them take on all the liability. So that way you can't just sue one person and stop it. And so what they've done is they've incorrectly, erroneously told private businesses that they can make whatever policies they want. And if a customer doesn't comply, they can cite them for trespass. And so they're using trespass laws and contempt of court to create mask wearing laws when there is no such thing. That's what's going on right now. So where I am in the state of Rhode Island, I think most people who are running businesses refer to it. First, they tell you you're breaking the law. And when you tell them, no, there is no law, show me the law, uh, they revert back to it's an order from the governor. Um, is this seem to be what's going on? It's like, I think that's what we're going to call it, right? It's a, literally an illegal order from a governor. Well, the order is fine. And that's what they do. You're correct. And then they take it a step further and say, well, it's not, it doesn't matter. It's, it's our policy as if their policy is legally binding on you when it involves your health, which they're not authorized to impose these medical interventions. So yeah, it ultimately goes to the company, but these orders by the uh, governor, they're not, I'm not going to say they're illegal. I'm just going to say that they don't apply to anybody. So, I mean, if, if someone wants to make a, a decision on those, on those executive orders, they, they may apply to a, agencies, the administrative function of the agencies, but there is no, such thing as a lawful executive order that compels someone to undertake a medical intervention or an examination, nor compels someone else to compel someone else to do that. So there's no real legal duty there. So it's just words on a piece of paper, really. Right. But I would take it a step further. Um, this is how the moral values of an entire society are diminished into the black pit, because this purposefully undermines what we, I guess we might call it the spirit of the law. They know damn well what they're doing. They know damn well what's going to happen after they do it. And they do it anyhow, knowing that there's no binding lawful anything behind it. 
that is right. They are violating public policy. Public policy is what, you know, we expect as our customs and morals and social mores. And they're trying to change public policy by playing on people's ignorance and their fear. So maybe, I don't know if you guys agree. And if you don't want to go this way, one or both of you, let me know. But maybe this is a good place because I can't tell you how many emails I get in a month. I mean, I'm talking probably more than a thousand of people who have had it up to their eyeballs with the pressures, mostly businesses pressuring them. In some cases, business owners where the workers of the county are coming in to push on them and try to cite them. Maybe we can go at this for a moment. What, John, what does an individual do when they're out in the world and the mask thing comes knocking on their door? They try to resist it and it keeps getting pushed back at them. Yeah, people are being denied their jobs, access to goods, services in the public and and retail operations because they they won't participate in the, I call it a cult. So what I'm finding is it used to be where we could talk to people and talk some sense into them and get past it. Now what I'm seeing for some reason, it's not working. And we're going to basically, we're having to send them a notice saying what kind of violations they've, they've been involved in and giving them a chance to fix it, which they don't. And then we have to sue them. And it comes down to the common type of claim would be an injunction against the business or the employer. And well, actually the employer, if you were fired, you know, it's a wrongful termination, even for an at will state. So really I don't know any other avenue except go to the courts and say, look, this is a legal violation. Here's why. And see if we can get some remedy like an injunction. So let me ask you this then. I understand exactly what you laid down. Is there any, in your view, could the Alphonse Fagiolo method, as I know it's not his, but I'm just going to call it that so people know, because we've talked about the affidavit, could an affidavit be used before uh, you plan to take someone to court? Or do you feel like the going to court is the opening salvo and the path you're headed? Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, that affidavit, it has to be done. You, you start there. All the people that I'm helping and all the businesses I'm working with, we start with an affidavit as to what happened. And whether or not you send it to the other party, it's irrelevant. You, you eventually, you're going to have to use that affidavit. Okay, so I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen when we post this. We're going to be barraged with people that want to get a hold of you. So will you be taking contacts? And I'll, I'll tell you up front, we don't post in general public anymore um, because everyone's been overwhelmed. And so nobody benefits because like thousands of people start sending emails and it's just too much. So if you allow contact, that contact would come through membership. Will you be doing that? I am doing that. Yes. And I'm set up for that. Yes. All right. So let's get it out of the way. Well, let's see, Jason, our, none of this is running on social media, right? We can do this right here, right? Jason contact. Correct. Okay. All right. So John, why don't you take a moment to give out your contact? And if you send me specifically how you want to be contacted, I will repost that when this gets published. Okay. Appreciate that. There's one URL that, uh, where you can go for everything. It's called aceofcoins.com slash fake pandemic. <laughs> okay. Aceofcoins.com slash fake pandemic. And I'm assuming all those words run right, butt up to each other, right? Correct. No dashes. Right. All right. So let's get an email out to Jason Rose and myself with exactly how you want to be contacted so we can make sure it's posted in places. So go ahead, Jason, jump in. Cause I'm feeling like I'm losing the thread a little bit here this morning. Keep us on the track. Yeah. It's all that snow. <laughs> not the Colombian kind. <laughs> We're not talking about extra cocaine there, Baldini. That's right. 
So the first thing anybody's going to really ask is, doesn't a store have a right to say, you can't enter here without a mask because it's our property. We are saying we don't want you in here with a mask. Is there any justification for a store to do that and to refuse you entrance if you don't want to choke the life out of yourself? Right. It's not, it's not legal for a private business to do that. A private business that is open to the public is a public accommodation. That's number one. So a public accommodation, of course, has to comply with the state laws and safety regulations and things like that. A private business does also have something known as duty of care. It must make sure that it doesn't abandon or leave a hazard that someone can be injured with, like, for example, a spill. It's not cleaned up and improper notice is made. So as long as the business is going to give reasonable notice about hazards in the environment, like a spill and they clean it up real fast and they have policies in place and training and everybody's doing those things and they're satisfying a duty of care. The private business does not have the legal duty to prevent anyone from incurring a a communicable disease or stopping a pandemic or protecting the public against danger. Okay. This is case law. It does not have a legal duty, nor does it have the capacity to protect the public from danger. It's under no duty to do that although it does have duty of care type standards to meet. So Jason, maybe we should just say, okay, where do we go from here? So John Q public goes out into the world, shows up at the business, business says, you're not wearing a mask, get the hell out of my business. You say, Hey, there's no law. You go through the whole dance and they still deny you service. What does John Q public, how does the process to try to reestablish your, I guess I'll call it rights. Correct me if I mess any of this up. How does John Q Public proceed? Is the first thing out the gate an affidavit directed at the business? You start there. You have an affidavit as to what happened, who you spoke with. Um, I recommend that people talk to the manager of the premises. So find out who that is and, and confirm it by asking if he or she has the authority over the entire premises at this time. And then you ask why you're being denied services. And then you just make a record of that. What, you don't have to video record anything. Just make a note. If you're good at memorizing, remembering things, just make a note later when you get home as to what happened and then make an affidavit from that. Include all the details, dates, times, names, what happened, and then you can make a claim. So what's that? The claim might be something like you sue the store for an injunction because it was imposing an illegal condition for shopping or its illegal condition was discriminatory in violation of state law. Basically, those are the types of things and you would have to sue them. So These guys are, whoever's behind this is forcing us to sue to protect our rights. Man, so I'm sitting here trying to logically put in place everything we've covered about legal ideas. Could you cut out the middleman in any way by serving your affidavit straight to the municipality? Because clearly the municipality could have done things to make the business owners feel like they don't need to be the police. That is correct, and that should be done. The tortfeasor in this case is the municipality and the public health department. Those are the ones harassing the businesses and getting them to believe they can do these things, and they're putting all the liability on the business. But to stop this, I think really what we should do is, like you said, put the affidavit, serve them with it, but then you still got to make a claim. You've got to do something to where they they have to be enjoined from continuing to tortuously interfere with businesses. Well, as I sit here and logically work this out, I mean, do you end up going, uh, I mean, do affidavits at some point have to go to the state? I mean, if we really want to cut out the middleman, can the affidavit just go straight to the governor and say, what the hell are you doing, bud? You're causing all this problem. That's correct. 
I think we should take the executive order every time the county, city, governor, whoever issues an executive order where you see all those whereas, whereas, whereas in there and make your affidavit in addition to what facts you experienced counter or rebut all the whereases he has in his executive order. Because I believe those executive orders are affidavits anyways. You know, and if it's not rebutted, well, they're just acting like it's all true. So that's why it is so important to do the affidavit. And yes, serve it on the individual who signed the, um, the executive order. Which is typically going to be a governor, right? Right. Or, or the county commissioners or the city council members. Put it in public records. It's got to be published somehow on county records or something. Well, I guess we're, we're getting to the obvious point where I'll say an obvious thing. You've always heard your whole life, freedom ain't free. And I can imagine people are saying, what a royal pain in the butt, which it is. But I mean, what's the option here? Are we just going to sit around and be steamrolled? But I'm going to hand it back to you, Jason, because like myself, and I'm guessing like John Jay, I've worn a mask for 10 minutes. Actually, it's gone up to 15 minutes because I was with my nephew and opted just to bow down for that few minutes to not embarrass my nephew. Although I did inform him <laughs> that that's why I was doing it. He was visiting from the West Coast, but it chaps my butt when some people get on rows to put on a mask. And I know you guys are down there refusing to put on a mask. So why don't you pick up? Because I'm guessing you've experienced just about everything there is to experience. Well, you know, it really depends upon the area. In the small town we live in, which is Covington, on the North Shore of New Orleans, We've gotten away with it, no problem. I've always said I have a medical condition, and very few people have ever given me grief any otherwise. Now, actually, in New Orleans itself, they're way more draconian about it and very annoying, and it is what it is. But no, Rose and I have never worn a mask ever, and we're not intending to. Now, with that being said, if somebody really wants to stand their ground anywhere, what would you recommend for someone to say or do? Do you really think it should come to the fact that a whole bunch of people should start literally suing a store, even if it's like a Walmart or a Target, knowing that they're a giant monopoly with lawyers coming out the wazoo? Should you just do it to make the point? I think we have very little options here. And yeah, I think we have to sue them. And the more people that do it, the better. I really don't even like doing that. But if they want to accept all that liability and act like it's the law and the new policy, then we have to show them that it's not. And the, we've set up a facility to handle that, the court system. So we need to take those claims into the court and hopefully win. And if I can describe what I'm expecting, if you do that, it's not like you see in the movies, a trial and all this stuff and you win on the merits. What I'm seeing is that if we just sue whatever store it is, whatever retailer that says you can't come in here without a mask and then doesn't let you in, like physically restrains you or something, and you, you bring a case, what's going to happen is the store is going to ask for a dismissal. That's how they always do it. And they're going to admit to the claim, but they're going to say, you, you don't have a right to sue us because there's a pandemic. So you want to get the trial court to grant the motion to dismiss. You want your case dismissed in the trial court because you would simply stand on the pleading and appeal it. And you would want the appeals court to reverse it back to the trial court and say, this guy has a right to sue. Even if we don't agree with him, he does have a right to sue. And you guys have to answer the complaint now. And I think if we get that, it's going to be open season on all the retailers. And that would probably force a policy change because even if everybody sues him and loses, it's going to be immensely expensive for that. Well, as I'm sitting here trying to play a game of chess with the crappy world we're kind of existing in right now, how's this for just immediate off the cuff thinking? If someone's going to get into this, 
There's going to be some days and some effort and some hours put into what's about to happen. So doesn't it make sense to get strategic about where your affidavits are going to go? And I guess if I'm, I'm just trying to do this quickly in my mind, I would say the municipality of wherever you were denied service. And then wouldn't it make more sense to literally the big, the big boys, these home depots, these targets, because doesn't that send a larger message than the ma and pa down the street? Because the truth is, if you play chess in your mind, you don't like what the ma and pa is doing, but you really don't want to put the ma and pa per se in any more trouble than they're already in with everything that's happening. Do you agree with any of that kind of off-the-cuff logic? I agree with the thinking, but it's not going to be beneficial to us. If mom and pop wants to break the law and violate my rights, I don't care. I'm going to sue them. I'm going to make them pay a lot of money. And if they go out of business because of it, I'm sorry, but I am not going to be the victim. And there is an advantage to suing the smaller business. You have a, you have a better, there, there's better things you can do in the court when you sue the big box uh, companies. Um, they're very sophisticated, not to get into too much detail, but you have different results, different likely results with each. And I think both of those are beneficial to sue. The other thing I mean, you might want to consider, I mean, yeah, I'd say pick a case. Don't just pick like Wendy's or McDonald's. I would not want to be the guy that sues on that case. I don't care about those guys. I don't care about fast food. I don't care about the public library. All I care about is food distribution, really, or things I have to, that I need for my survival, really, at this point. What you could do, like I did over here, is they, Walmart had this in Target and all these big stores had, and these, these um, doctor's offices, they locked their doors during the day. And they, and they had this big choke point at Walmart in the Walmart and Target parking lots. They had these ropes where people had to go and follow these ropes. And they, they locked all the doors at Walmart and made it to where you can only come in and go out through one entrance. And uh, I filed a complaint, not even a complaint. It was a letter. I sent a letter over to the fire marshal because his butt's on the line. I said, look, you can't have a big box store over here. This is against the fire safety code. You can't, make it to, you can't let these guys have like a 12-door entrance turn into a one-door entrance with a, a, a store this large. And within a week, the entire town was changed. Like they, they got rid of all the choke points on all the big box stores, which I didn't think that that would happen. So that you could do things like that in your neighborhood. You don't have to start suing people. Well, that's, you see, this, is, this shows, to me, this shows the evil nature of what we're talking about. Because that big box store is connected to every other damn community in this country where there's a big box store. So the moment that happened where you were, it should have rippled across to everywhere. And I'm not saying that I have firsthand experience knowing that it didn't, but I'm guessing that probably they only changed where they were forced to change. I mean, do you do you get any sense that this rippled beyond your municipality? No, not at all. I, I was right here in this area and, and only this area. If I go to the next town over, it's probably going to be the same choke points. I don't think... I think it's just that fire marshal was only concerned about his own profession and that those retailers knew full well that they were in violation of the fire safety code and wouldn't do anything until they were, they were threatened by the fire marshal. So yeah, I think it's pretty evil. So playing chess again in my mind, um, is there any way at the outset when you're doing the affidavit thing to set up some forced correction? Like as an example, I'm trying to work this out on the fly. If you did the affidavit to the municipality, and part of it was the idea that, hey, you guys are not only contributing to this, you have the power to simply make a statement or another policy or, you know, anything um, so that the businesses don't feel or get fooled into being the police. Is there anything to that kind of logical thinking? Yeah, that is actually more constructive. Instead of suing mom and pop, know that the Department of Health is the one harassing them, okay, and scaring them. 
And you want to deal with the Department of Health in that case and say, look, guys, stop harassing this business I like going into every day. You know you're wrong. You know what you're telling them is illegal. And then you want to take some action against the Department of Health for interfering with basically interfering with your relationship with that business. You could go that route. I think it's a little more difficult. Is that federal or is that going to be down at the state level when we're talking Departments of Health? Does that apply to each state or is that above? I think you want to stay in your state and county. And sometimes these cases, like one just recently got removed to the Fed court because they wanted to go to the Fed court. They're trying to, as a grocery store, they're trying to keep it in the Fed court so they can narrow the people involved with the cases. But the pleading doesn't justify it. So it's going to get sent back down to the state court. But your remedy, even for a federal violation, is a state court. Okay. Um, we, you know, this, this brings up so many things, Jason, to, uh, about trying to get to you know, things we've done in the past where people have purposely tried to get to the federal court because they're getting steamrolled at the municipality, steamrolled at the, uh, matter of fact, might even be Alphonse. Is that, am I thinking correctly? This is about the affidavits and starting that process that the municipality doesn't know any better and that the state is going to try to steamroll you and that people are not finding uh, any kind of meaningful outcome until they reach the federal level. Are you recalling any of this, Jason? Yeah, well, kind of. I know it's been so much. It's it's so it's so hard to keep track. But it's not like you were going to jump in with something. I'll think about it. Well, yeah, the, I think the reason why all the big stores, especially like a Walmart, are doing the the limited ins and outs is so that they can have their professional harasser sitting there. Have you got a mask? Have you got a mask? because that's what I'm seeing in most places. Now, again, I'm seeing them lighten up on this stuff in my little town, but the big cities, they're still quite annoying about it. When I was in Miami in October, no less than three people harassed me about a mask when I was in a Target because I had to get some stuff for us. So the big stores are doing it. This is how nuts they are. Somebody at the door, I hit them with a, I have a medical condition. They didn't even try and stop me. I'm going through the store getting stuff. One of the employees stopped and asked me. And then another employee a little while later asked me. And I was like, look, I've already been through this. And as soon as I say medical condition, they lay off. But still, they're being pushed apparently by these companies, by their higher ups, to do this sort of thing. And, and we as a whole have to just get this thing to stop. Now, let's be honest, though. The majority of the public thinks that people are dropping dead in the street. I've had these conversations with, for lack of a better term, normies. People are very convinced that something horrendous is going on and that they need to be wearing these masks. So we're fighting an uphill battle on multiple fronts here. Yeah, that is correct. But even if there was such a thing, there's no legal duty or obligation or right for them to do what they're doing. And if these people are so afraid, why don't they stay home? Why should we be annoyed? <laughs> they should stay home, order food online. That's been my thoughts too, yeah. Well, let me jump in here now that I've been mulling this around in my noggin here for a moment. Because to do the process that you're talking about, you're going to put some effort, some hours, some days, some weeks, however long the process goes, you're going to put some real human lifetime into it. Why wouldn't we be thinking about going for source each time and in with the action that's going to be taken, try to force an outcome, like go on the news and admit you didn't have any power to do these things and what you were doing was causing bedlam. Do you see where I'm going here, John? Or, or... I agree. Okay, no, so... I, I totally agree. And, and it wasn't until last month I started looking at suing the Attorney General's office for an injunction or the Department of Health for interfering with our basic our lifestyle. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm re reluctant to do it just because I don't want to create bad case law. Now, I'm, it's not something I've ever done before. 
I believe I have the right claim to make. So I'm slowly <laughs> trying to get up the nerve to do it. So that's where we are with that. I mean, one thing that I would consider doing, though, is applying for a certified question and get the Supreme Court to make a ruling on it or bring an original action in my appeals court here in Florida on a matter of great public importance. I think those two what would other be other options other than suing the agencies themselves. All right. Now, now you're talking a language that I'm getting into here because it's one thing for an individual to get their butt out of the fire, but if they get their butt out of the fire and no one fully will, everyone in line behind them is getting chucked into the fire, then what's really been accomplished? Because that could be your right. nephew, your mom, your neighbor, your whoever. If they can do it to you, they can do it to the people behind you. So what does it look like, what you just described? Well, okay. Uh, it's like the example I was saying. If I lose in the trial court, which I kind of hope, and I go to the appeals court and I get a ruling that says I have a right to sue, that helps everybody in the whole state. I have a case right now that looks like we're going to win in the trial court, but it's just going to help that one lady and maybe her family, maybe. If I go to the appeals court on a matter of great public importance, well, that covers the whole state and it might include the whole region, like the southeastern region, I think. Same thing with the Supreme Court. If I can get a certified question answered by the Supreme Court, yeah, that's going to help everybody in the country if I can do that. So I think that may be a better use of resources and effort. All right. Have we, have we done the mask thing? Do you want to keep pushing through, Jason? What do you want to do? Let's touch on the fact that the mask is a medical device by, I'm assuming, the official standards. Is that correct? That is correct. It's defined by the Food and Drug Administration as a medical device when it's used for that purpose. And where in the legality of all this does a medical device fall under all these orders and all that sort of thing? Basically put, can an order be made that an individual has to use a medical device? Those types, of, an, an order like that is not, what I say is not binding on people. It's, no, it's not legal. Now, let's say, let's give the example of the state. What if the state adopted a law that said everyone has to wear a mask in these cases? Instead of an executive order, let's say it's actually a state law. But let's, let's say it's a mask, okay? But then let's say there's a state law that says everyone has to have a root canal. Does that make any sense? How can you have a law that says everyone must undertake a, the same medical intervention no matter what his condition is? So I don't think they can even make that legal. Even if you would think it's legal, it doesn't make any sense that they can actually do that, even if they can write the words on a piece of paper. To play devil's advocate here, wouldn't the average ding-dong say something like, yes, but there's an emergency on. There's a pandemic. Yes, thank you. And we have case law, we have jurisprudence, we have a public policy to deal with that exact situation. If there is an emergency, and let's say there is, let's go look at what public policy says. Public policy says if a physician examines someone and discovers that his patient has a communicable disease, or maybe he's exposed to a toxic substance, his job is to prepare an affidavit and send it to the local health officer or the Department of Health. That, that health officer is supposed to contact that physician's patient and try to stop him from infecting other people. They have to call him and say, hey, can you stay at your house? We're going to come out there and work with you and this sort of thing. And if the person is not cooperating, the health officer is under law required or can go to the court and get an injunction within like an hour without a hearing. He can just get a temporary restraining order and they can literally send the police to the guy's house and they can restrain him. They can ask him where he's been. They can contact the people, he, like other businesses he's been at, but they can deal with that one person. There is no 
legal standard whatsoever in i don't even think in human history where you can do a, a, a news release and then make everybody in the entire community the county state or city subject to medical interventions like isolation and quarantine like you could under what we accept as our public policy so yeah there is a way to deal with emergencies assuming we have one but they're not doing it that way let me play the devil's advocate here so we all grew up in this country being told we were the home of the free and the brave. Pretty clear right now we're neither of those things. But the latter of those two things seems to have died on the vine because what you're pointing out is there's all these things we could do and unless they're being done and somehow being stuck in a dark box and hidden in a closet so no one else knows about it, how the hell come all the legal minds or all the people who work within the sphere of legality aren't all over this? They've been threatened. No attorney will help you, almost none. And the physicians are even threatened as well. They've really locked down the whole system. They've threatened all the professions. And so they're, a lot of these people know that this whole thing is a fraud and they're, they're participating just to keep their jobs. How are they, I mean, is, does this come down to like a licensing or the bar or is that what you're talking about? So if you don't yes. do what we say, so then doesn't that set up the same situation though for those people? that's an illegal action. Of course. It's a whole new set of uh, claims and problems. Yes. But to my knowledge, no one's doing anything. So what we're saying here is fear has won the day because basically if people have been threatened and that threat is an illegal threat and you're in the very community of people who deal with legal ideas for your livelihood, that that threat has carried the day. That's enough to fend all this off. Yeah. Looks like that succeeded. They're very effective scaring people and playing in their ignorance. So why don't we move on to the social distancing thing? You have here that it's a control measure under public health law involving the involuntary restraint of the movement of people, which, of course, I agree with. Again, there's no legality behind this, right? Of course not. You can't tell someone to stand somewhere else in a public place. You have to stand over there. You can't make someone do that unless he's going into the girl's bathroom or something, right? I mean... We have social mores, but certainly the six feet apart and the details on the floor, you ignore all that. It's not legal. So is there anywhere that these kinds of things might be legal? For instance, I got harassed months ago when I went down to the driver's license, the DMV, and they didn't want to let me in. Now that's a government institution. Right, but it's still a public accommodation you can't be subject to to submitting to a medical intervention as a condition of going in there. So how do you recommend dealing with these things? Because I have to go back down there and get my registration for my car update and all that kind of stuff. How do I deal with these? It was an older lady who was just being very annoying, had no interest in discussing things otherwise. It's wear a mask or you can't come in. Well, they're going to use the trespass statute on you or disorderly. I've got cases right now for just doing just that, renewing a license or tag. If you can't do it online, what I'm telling people is don't renew it. Oh, that's an interesting idea. So follow that, follow that thought process through. I see what you're doing. And let me share something else with you. And I did this with a restaurant recently. When your license is canceled, what, what you want to do before your license expires is just cancel it. So that way, that if you let it expire, it, it's basically a warrant for your arrest. So you want to cancel it first if that's going, what's going to be the case. Same with registration. You just let the registration expire if you cannot access the facility to renew it and pay the tax. But here's the thing, the evidence of the payment of a tax, okay, the receipt 
is the license. This is case law. Learned it a long time ago. And so if, if you pay your license fee over the internet or send it to the DMV to the proper place in a money order and you keep a receipt of that, if anyone wants to penalize you or cite you for not having a license or registration, it's not obvious that you have it, but the fact that you paid the fee and have a receipt for it is the license. So wait a minute, walk me through that one more time because you started by saying just cancel it. There is definitely, or okay, so wait a minute. Am I getting confused? You said cancel it. Then you're talking about paying the fee so you have the receipt. Can you unscramble my brain? Yes. What I'm saying is if you cannot get into the building to renew your license like you normally do, you can just let the license expire and you can send in the payment. They're not going to give you the license unless you go there. Okay. But the fact that you paid the fee is the license. Evidence of the payment is the license. So I'm guessing what would happen in the real world is... Johnny police officer would pull you over, say, show me your papers. You couldn't, you'd produce the receipt to prove that you paid for it. And he'd cite you anyhow. Correct. So then what happens? Then you have a a defense and that is the defense is evidence of payment of the tax is the license. And then there would be no cause of action. And then it's up to the court to make a ruling on that. What bothers me about, I'm sorry for interrupting John, but what bothers me about so much of what we're talking about is a human being that's going to stand up for their freedoms. And I'm, I'm not bitching and moaning. I'm pointing out they're going to give up a lot of time and effort and part of their life to establish their freedoms. Maybe that's how it's got to be. But it almost feels to me like the people causing all this, they never get penalized in any meaningful way. Because if they did, they'd knock it off. Am I wrong here? No, you, you called it right. And yeah, it's going to take up a lot of your time. But what's the difference? Would you like to uh, be starving to death and watch your children die in front of you? because you got locked out of society, or you want to submit and participate in their cult, and then be subject to whatever else they want to do to you. So it's, I mean, we've waited long enough to do anything about, we've seen this crumbling for years. Now we kind of have to do something. I'm with you on that. I, I understand freedom's not free. And when it gets infringed on, you either sit there and get mowed over, or you do something. I'm with you there. But the part that bothers me is you do put up the effort while you've been penalized all this time societally in one way or another, or many ways, or in every way for some folks out there. And you go in and you establish yourself, but there's really no, it almost feels like there's never any cost to the people causing the trouble. I agree. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing now. They've isolated themselves so much that we don't even know really who's behind it. I know you may not be down with what I'm going to say, but I'm going to insert it, John, just because the social distancing thing and the research I've been doing for the last couple months, it's old Christian mystic ideas that are tied to alchemy and other things. And it came up within that research, the real kind of spiritual damage that's being done in social distancing. So I'm not going to get into it here um, because John's here to talk about law, but I want people to be very aware that this is a violation beyond the legal rights or social mores of a human being. This goes to the heart of the spirituality of a society, of a country, of a world, the idea of social distancing. The mask does too, but maybe before too long, I'll get in and I'll begin to cover the just black nature of the idea and why six feet was the distance. But go ahead, Jason. Public health control measures are subject to state law, not CDC guidelines or mandates from employees of any executive agency, such as the governor or Department of Health. So why don't we make it very, very clear that a governor does not 
make a law that has to actually come from legislature, legislature, right? And what they're doing with orders are just that. They're just orders and mandates. The governor is saying, this is what I want. This is what you're going to do. But when it comes down to it, it's not a law. Is it literally just a guideline at this point as far as the law is concerned? Well, it's never been a law. The executive orders are not laws. They're not binding on people and private businesses. What they're made to do is influence people in the way that they're doing right now. So people think they are, they act as if they're laws. And what they're trying to do is reform society so that there are no more three branches of government. There is no more legislature. They're gonna, they want to run everything through corporate associations. There it is. The beginning. There it yeah. is. Remember, remember everybody listening when I said Taco Bell is going to be your government that they've set up. I mean, do you agree with this? This is the statements that I've made in the past that part of what's going on here is they've, and however they've pulled it off, whether it's threats or uh, coercion or collusion, however it is, all these state governments have been set up to fail because nobody can legally defend what's gone on here. In some cases, it might even rise to tyranny. Looking at you, California. So what's going to happen in the long run is they're going to be called to account. They're going to fail. And you just said what I've been thinking for a year. Well, not quite a year, for more like six months. They're headed towards Taco Bell as your government, right? They're destroying the structure that used to be the norm for society, which was you have a municipality, they do what they do. You have a county, they do what they do. You have a state, they do what they do. But each of those places has been proven outright that they can't even follow the most basic tenets of the law. That is correct. And I, I have the written documents that lay out the plan. They want to make, uh, they want to establish a guardianship, not a citizenship. They want a guardianship of people where they're basically incompetent and they're ruled over by corporations and the corporations are feeding them like, like uh, pets in a pet store. What documents are you referring to pray tell? Well, I have to go get them because it's been a while. I have them in my archives, but I read literally read and saw the diagrams and everything, how they have this all mapped out. All the big name uh, brands that you're all familiar with, those are all part of it. In other words, those are the chosen uh, companies that will survive this. All your restaurants in your neighborhood, that, like your mom and pop that you want to sue for the mask issue, they're gone. Uh, your airlines are gone, except for maybe Delta. Okay, All these things are gone. Like you, You're right. I mean, all the government facilities, those are history. They're just being used right now. And what's going to happen is if we continue doing this and we sue them in whatever we do and protest or go out in the streets and then get into a fist fight, and we destroy everything. That's what is wanted. Whoever's behind this wants us to destroy our own society. Can you cite the source? I can't write on this call. I, can, I have to go look it up and I'll send it to you guys. But I have a lot of research. There's going to be a boatload and a half of emails asking uh, for source. All right, go ahead, Jason. Oh, yeah. I'll, I always, yeah, I'll get it. It's obvious that, whatever you want to call them, the bad guys are behind this. Have you figured out how far up the chain or the pyramid, if you will, that this goes approximately? I'm going to take a wild guess here. I can only look at the, the current source of power, let's say, immediately beyond your governors. In this, I'm just talking about the, the states here, is the equestrian order of the Holy Sepulcher. Okay, it's a church. It's ecclesiastical. So your governors are being told what to do by a single grandmaster, Mason. You can look this up on the internet. This is that's easy to find. Those guys are organized in what are called uh, regions, and you'll find those defined on the church's website. It's part of the Pope. It's not the Pope, but it's it's affiliated with the Pope. 
And so you have this ecclesiastical power base, but I don't even think that's the top. I just think that's the money interest. We have reason to believe that if you went all the way to the top, you'd be talking about connections to the Templars who invented the whole banking thing in the first place, possibly a place called the Seed Corporation, which is C-E-D-E, I believe. And we're talking about Switzerland, but it's one thing to have pretty good ideas. It's another thing to prove it. And I think you're, you're understanding what I understand, but there is no denying. And if we are talking about that, then people would tell you that's the Jesuit order, whether that's right or wrong. I can't demonstrate either way, but what everyone agrees on is this crap is ecclesiastical, which is irony beyond belief, considering that everyone accepted that these institutions, for lack of a better term, and I have many better terms I could use right now, were there for your spiritual development. And in fact, what they've been engaged in is your wholesale enslavement. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, and your destruction. Because like you mentioned earlier, this six feet apart and the hand washing and the mask wearing, that is, these are all aspects of demonic uh, rituals. So it's about destroying your soul. It's not just what you're saying. You, are, you yeah. are with me. I didn't go down that other road because we had you here to talk legal ideas. But I can tell just by the cut of your jib, you get the dark side of this force. Yeah. Yeah, they um, want us to perish. So that's another reason why I'll never wear a mask. They can shoot me in the head. They can shoot my child, I hate to say. And I'll still not do it. I'm sorry to say. Oh, they're, they're literally covering the spirit of a human being, which is divinely granted from wherever our creation comes from. So you're going to put out contact information. We're going to run the end of the hour just talking nuts and bolts about what people can do if they want to make contact and stuff uh, before we come back for hour two. So I'll just be forthright with you. Typically, when we do an episode like this, there's not one single person listening that hasn't been affected adversely of that large number of people, some of them are going to want to do something. So when you do the contact, will you be able to take on numbers of people? We've had other people with legal ideas. And when they reached like 50, between 50 and hundred people, they became overwhelmed. So I just want to put it out there, possibly what could follow. Even when I choke this down to just people who are logging in. Right. I know we'll be overwhelmed. If there's a lot of people, we're already kind of overwhelmed, but I have two people helping me too. And they're handling about 50 cases right now. So the way we're doing it is we have pre-written documents. We collect only their facts. We basically copy and paste cookie cutter type of things. And we get those filed. And then we're just minimizing the work and putting a lot of it on the person we're trying to help and doing it that way. Pre-written documents. So coaching. Coaching and also videos. So we're not spending a lot of time on the phone consulting with people. They're already canned in the videos. So that we're finding in, it's almost like, I don't want to, I don't want to get overwhelmed. But it's like, what else am I going to do? We, we have to do something. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll just do it until I can't do it anymore. So just, if people realize that we are really, let's say we are getting overwhelmed, we do want to help everybody. I'll, I'll, so. I, I, I will help the process because inevitably someone gets pissed off and they email me and then I pull them back down to earth and say, do you know what it's like to wake up to 500 emails every morning on an average day? Um, and I explained to them where we're at here. And part of the problem is that's causing this is so few freaking people are standing up either that there, there is always the possibility. And, you know, we know how clever this whole implementation has been. It's been coming for probably two centuries or longer, probably longer. If I had to guess, um, as long as the Vatican from the time the Vatican had turned to the dark side of the force, which precedes the Renaissance, this has been going on. 
So if anyone out there could prove a Renaissance date, you're getting within a hundred years or so of when this started. And so the point I would make here is there's really two options when we assess. Everyone's scared to death and they're just going to get mowed like a blade of grass. Or there are numbers of people standing up, but each win is being insulated probably in the same way this whole thing started in the first place by the legal system doing things people weren't aware of or threats or coercion or however it is. But sometimes it feels to me like mostly fear is winning the day. And on other days, I feel like there's a crap load of people every day waking up to what's gone on. Um, so I'll ask you, John, what I have said is this is a house of cards and that nature shows us that it cannot stand. I've also said, I don't know if I will spend my life dealing with this nonsense or whether it will all come crumbling down. But the example from nature I use, the creation, is that anything of substance has to be built on a true foundation and everything we have seen is built on a just lie after lie after lie. So what's your assessment? Is humanity going to find a way here? I'm an optimist, so I think yes. And I think it may not matter. It's like, you know, being in a fight with a broken weapon. I'll just take the weapon and whack it at your head, you know, if it doesn't work. (laughs) So, yeah, they don't have a foundation at all. But look what they've done. They've just destroyed everything or they're trying to. With ignorance, Um, though, there's a point where the ignorance is no longer an excuse. And we're getting there. We're kind of already there. So if you let fear drive you, you're you're part of a damn herd. And it's hard to start to make the argument that you even deserve protection at that point, because it's been proven that you're a damn herd animal because that's what they're calling you. And that's the way you're acting just to be perfectly clear. Let me point out a thing. Jason and I had been doing this for years saying there is an end game coming. We took every onslaught you can imagine. And I'm not even kidding. Every onslaught Mm -hmm. you can imagine when March 11 came, I knew in milliseconds that the kitchen isn't just something burning there. The whole damn house is on fire. And I stayed up till midnight and I wrote the blog. And from that time, when we were running full time to try to deliver what we did, we doubled down what we're doing. And we've met people like Alphonse. We've met people like John Jay. Um, We've met all these people who have reorganized their lifestyle to come at this. So I'll be stern here. At some point, you either get counted as a herd animal or a human being. Which are you? Because here we are. And some of the things John has said, you know, I know people think about, oh my God, I'll, I'll have to deal with legal nonsense. It's like dealing with the insurance company, my least favorite thing. Well, it's maybe not your least favorite thing if you look into the future. Maybe your least favorite thing would be begging for food and a government check every month and being told what to do to get either one of those two things. That could become your least favorite thing. We're about to the top of the hour, John. Do you want to Do you want to give out your contact or add anything more before I wrap up hour one? Yes. And I do have a core business. And for right now, I do not charge any money for this work. We're helping hundreds of people. Now, I can't ask that of other people, but I will tell you this. The people that have offered their help have done so with no conditions. They just said, let me just help you. They didn't even ask for any money at all. So I have a donate section at the bottom of the website that I gave out earlier, which I'll give again. And, and we might have a membership, but I'm just telling you guys, it's not, I'm not trying to build a business on this. I want it to be gone as soon as possible. But the, the resources I'm going to continue building up, we work with everybody in these situations, businesses, people, anybody who's been arrested, all these things, um, at aceofcoins.com slash fake pandemic. Is know? Ace of Coins based on the tarot? That's where I originally got it from, yes. Okay. 
Good for you. Um, I've been pushing it hard. People think it's just some mystical fortune-telling device. They have no idea what's actually there um, that precedes the Vatican, by the way. But, John, if there are people who hear this who are qualified to help you, will you be taking on helpers? I'd love to. I, I enjoy talking to attorneys. I have attorneys calling me now asking to collaborate with me. So absolutely. Anybody who wants to help, you don't have to have any uh, legal background either. I can show you how to do this. All right. I'm going to say a thing to jar a few memories. Do you remember what we discovered about Mr. Alphonse Fagiolo, who is doing exactly what John Jay is? He is not charging per se for the help. If you want to donate more power to you, apparently the court system all the way to the state border is scared crap of him. For simply doing affidavits. What do you think might happen when the cases start to go through? But this is all very uncertain. But what we know for sure is, are you going to be a herd animal? Or are you going to be a human being? Maybe some people should go out and read the first three chapters of Dune. Get to the part where the gum jabbar is applied to young Paul Atreides to determine whether he's an animal or a man. Well, we got our gum jabbar, every one of us listening to this. Your hand is in the box. It's burning. What you going to do? Here we are. Jason, anything you want to add before I wrap up hour one? For hour two, let's definitely start talking about more positive aspects of all this, solutions, what my people might be able to do on their own before going into full-blown legalities and all that, although I suspect that's probably what it's going to come down to. Maybe even dealing with the police, if we have anything we can discuss there. Yeah, you know, we almost should bring up, and I don't know if John's going to be able to, to answer this an hour or two, but reclassifying yourself. Let's think about KL. Let's think about the other things we've talked about. In the long run, for people who are going to stand, if that person was reclassified, you know what I'm t- getting at. I'm not explaining it for everybody, but you know. Um, maybe we should bring that up, don't you think? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. That brings hour one of episode 282 to a close. This is only going to run on Crow777radio.com, so Hour 2 will be there as well. Um, I'd like to wish you all a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new cycle. Notice what I'm saying here, new cycle. Here we are. And in this new cycle, you've got to realize, we saw how the old cycle ended out, if I'm correct, about the low point of the sun this year. But let's think about the people that know a damn thing or two, that have made a difference. The Alphonses. Look what John Jay's doing. You notice how I picked out and asked him, is that a tarot? identifier. There's a reason Mm -hmm. for these things because we have to go back to get to the future. And the back that I'm very interested in is a back before the Vatican put on its black robes. But anyhow, join us for hour two at crow777radio.com. And again, I'd like to wish you a higher and happy and healthy mind as we head into the news cycle. There it is, man. Cheers.
enemies of knowing. <laughs>